Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I can't believe it's been 40 days already, but it has. That's how long after the resurrection on Easter Sunday when Jesus ascended into heaven. 40 days was last Thursday, which is when Ascension Day is. But we didn't celebrate Ascension on Thursday. So today, Sunday, is a good day to celebrate it here. It is an important day in the life of the church, a significant day. And we don't want to miss what happened on that Thursday and what it means for the church and for you. Ascension Day is just as significant as Christmas and Easter. You may never have thought of, about it that way before. As if to show how significant it is, we find it in the second article of the Apostles' Creed. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And in the Nicene Creed, as Joel said, we find it saying, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. It is something we are used to reciting, probably without giving too much thought to it. In our first reading, Luke writes to Theophilus, who may have been his benefactor to help him firm up his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He had already written the gospel, and this is a sequel to that. In our reading, Luke reminds Theophilus of all that Jesus began to do and to teach until he was taken up to heaven, the ascension. Jesus appeared to the apostles on various occasions during the 40 days before his ascension. He had instructed them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Holy Spirit, whom he had promised to send them in a few days. He would only send the Spirit after he had ascended into heaven. In fact, without him ascending, he could not send the Holy Spirit. That is what he had told them earlier. And now the day had come for him to return to heaven. They did not know what would happen, but they knew what they wanted to happen. So they asked him straight up, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Their question seems quite reasonable. Why did Jesus have to return to the place he came from? Why not just stay and bring the fullness of the kingdom? Why wouldn't he wrap the whole thing up right away? Why couldn't he give them the Holy Spirit just then and there? In their unstated reasoning, they as the original disciples would hold key positions in the kingdom when it happened. The earlier, the better. Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Just imagine, even for us, if Jesus had stuck around and not gone back into heaven, he would be a great asset to the efforts to bring people into the kingdom. If people asked us, where is this Jesus you are telling us about? We could say, he's in Jerusalem. We are not making up a story. But he did not need to stay. He had to ascend. It was part of the divine plan. Since he's not around in a way we can see, someone who does not care much about this whole Jesus thing especially his resurrection, might think it is just convenient that the supposedly risen Jesus only appeared to a few people. They might concede that he showed himself to some 500 people at the same time, but that is it. That might be the person's argument. 
But the ascension was not thrown in there to hoodwink anyone into thinking that that's why we don't see Jesus. The ascension is not a made-up story. It is a true event, and it is good for you and for me. In fact, the apostles refer to it as primary proof of Jesus' identity as the Messiah. They put it on equal footing with the crucifixion and resurrection. In Acts chapter 3, verses 19 to 21, Peter told the crowd to repent that their sins may be blotted, that God may send Jesus, whom heaven must receive, until the time for restoring all the things about which God spoke by the mouth of the holy prophets long ago. Even Jesus himself connects the ascension with his work of dying and rising again. When Mary Magdalene saw him in the garden after his resurrection, he told her about a mission he had not completed yet. He said to her, do not hold on to me for I have not yet ascended to the Father. It is good that the ascension took place. We must be glad that it happened because it is a triumphal act that crowns both the kingly and priestly ministries of Jesus. Regarding his kingly ministry, he is the descendant of King David. He ascends to reign. As the eternal priest, he ascends to complete the presentation of his atoning sacrifice on the cross to God the Father. Perhaps when you think about the book of Daniel, what comes to mind immediately is the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In the but in the seventh chapter, you read about the vision of the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven to the Ancient of Days. He is given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations of every language worship him. We can tell that this prophecy refers to Jesus. Son of Man was his favorite designation for himself while he was on earth. His reign begins as a heavenly one. This is what was prophesied by Daniel. Jesus is fulfilling that prophecy in his ascension to begin his reign. He's getting ready to reign physically and visibly on earth. Jesus has done what good things, good kings in the ancient world were expected to do. He has saved his people from their enemies. In the case of Jesus, the enemies were not simply humans, but rather the powers of sin, death, and the devil. And although we still await his return, along with the full and final manifestation of his reign, that reign has already begun because we know he ascended. Now that he's on the throne in heaven, the signs expected of the messianic age are being fulfilled before our eyes. You have come to faith. I have come to faith. Every day, somebody somewhere in the world comes to faith. He promised to send the Holy Spirit for that purpose. That was his promise, and it was necessary. Without his ascension, the Holy Spirit would not come. But even though he ascended into heaven, he also reigns on earth, though not in the way it will be manifested when he descends from heaven on the last day. If you were like the apostles, you would like Jesus to begin reigning on the earth in the way we can see right now. Me too. What with all the troubles on earth that seem to be getting worse every day? Tensions with people not being able to get along but resorting to name calling and insults. What with the mass shootings by both young and old? 
What with our sinfulness not getting better and our thoughts not being fully aligned with God's? In spite of all this, our Jesus is not weak by ascending into heaven. He has not run away from our issues. He reigns even now in his ascension. Because he ascended, he will descend. He will come back down. Just as he finished his work of saving you and me by his death and resurrection, he will finish his work in heaven and he will return. Be glad about the ascension. Jesus' death on the cross was a sacrifice that appeased God's wrath. Through that sacrifice, our sins have been forgiven. We are free. You can be certain about that. God gave the Day of Atonement to the Israelites, foreshadowing the sacrifice of Jesus. On the Day of Atonement, the sacrifice for the people's sin was killed on the great altar outside the temple gates. The high priest then took the blood of the sacrifice to ascend the steps of the temple to enter into the sanctuary of the Lord. He was surrounded by clouds of incense. He stepped into the cloud, vanishing from the sight of the people into the Holy of Holies. He presented the blood in the presence of God. Then he came back down through the clouds of incense in the same way that people had seen him live, bearing the assurance of forgiveness back to the people of God. The writer to the Hebrews uses what happens on the Day of Atonement as a shadow pointing to a reality. That reality is Jesus ascending into the presence of the Father in heaven. Therefore, we can say that the ascension of Jesus was the next necessary step after the crucifixion and the resurrection. And although it is a necessary step, it does not in any way take away from the finished work of Jesus. For even before he took his last breath on the cross, he said, it is finished. His complete work was always intended to be followed by another step in the process. Remember when he said, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you? Or when he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you and I will come back? In the ascension, we can picture Jesus bearing his sacrifice into the true holy of holies in heaven, not the shadow of it on earth. Be glad about the ascension. After Jesus told the apostles that they would receive power when the Holy Spirit came on them and there will be his witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud covered him from their sight. The cloud into which Jesus vanished echoes both Daniel's prophecy of the Son of Man and the visual imagery on the Day of Atonement. If Jesus was a great high priest presenting a sacrifice in the heavenly tabernacle, he would have to ascend to perform that very function. And just as the Day of Atonement's ritual wasn't a matter of just going up into the temple and God's presence, but also coming back again, so Jesus ascending into heaven would not be final. He will not remain there. He will come back. It is good that Jesus ascended. It is for our benefit. Be glad about the ascension. The writer to the Hebrews tells us that Jesus is in heaven interceding for us. Yes, he finished the work he came to do on earth for us. But he knows that the evil one is still prowling around like a roaring lion, hungry to destroy us from remaining in the faith. 
But Jesus, after his ascension, sent the Holy Spirit which you received in your baptism, and he has not forgotten about you. He will return, no longer as a humble servant, but as a king of kings and lord of lords. You will no longer have to wonder about what the kingdom is when he returns. Be glad about the ascension, because by that, Jesus demonstrates that the work on earth necessary for our salvation is finished. His ascension has drawn the work to a close. All that was needed for Christ to rescue, ransom, and redeem us has been accomplished. There is nothing more Jesus needs to do to make us the children of God. He ascended into heaven, and he will come back. The two men in white, whom we have to assume were angels, who suddenly appeared to the apostles when they saw Jesus ascending, told them as much. Men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Hopefully, you are eagerly awaiting the return and praying for it. If not, why not? Are there some things you want to take care of before? Are you concerned that he might not find you ready? Who makes you ready? Is it not him who has ascended and will come back? Is it not him who has taken care of what might prevent you from being in his presence with his life? Is it not him who even now is advocating with the Father on your behalf? In Revelation chapter 22, verse 20, Jesus says, He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. And John responds, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Nothing at all should prevent you who are his child today and always from welcoming him when he returns. So be glad about your ascended Lord. He will surely descend and you will be in his presence forever. He who ascended is the very one who will descend. He is coming with great power that nobody and no power can withstand. He is coming and with him all things will be made new. By that I mean there will be no more evil, no more temptations, no more upheavals, no more sickness, and no more death. It is not a new that will ever grow old again, but a new that will remain forever new because of the power of Jesus. Yes, the ascension of Jesus. It is good news. Be glad and rejoice in him. Amen.